0: This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Amen. What a powerful, powerful nights of Lays uh, week that we had last week. God moved in a powerful way. You know, we told all of our campuses and we told everyone online this week that because of the way the service went last week, we didn't have an opportunity to pray over the shift faith goals. And so we wanted to take a moment this morning before we jumped into the Word, and we just want to pray over that which God has put into your heart, what God has begun to just lodge within you in these different areas of what... You sense God, it's not just what you want, but what you're sensing God wants to do in your life. And so I want you, if you brought it, if it's on your digital uh, device or or, uh, even just in agreement then if you didn't bring it, I want us just to take a moment and I just want us to believe for what God's gonna do. In 2023, we've encouraged you to put it somewhere that you can visualize it, that you can keep praying about it, that you can keep saying, God, How do you want me to move into that shift? If it's an area of your family or in relationships, what do I need to do? What's the walk of obedience? Is there something I need to lay down? Is there some changes that need to be made? Keep it before you where you're praying about it. Spiritually, Lord, what what are the shifts that you're moving in my life, that you're desiring for me to move to a higher level, a deeper level, to a deeper place? What is that, Lord? Maybe in the areas of finances, shifts that you're believing for. I believe God wants you to be generous so that you can be generous. That he pours into you and I so that we can have open hands to expand his work, his kingdom. So, Lord, what does that look like? In my purpose, I want to bless it and pray over it in your life. If you want to, just stretch your hand out or hold it if you've got it. And let's agree together right now. For those of you that are online, I want you to agree with me. If you can, right there. If it's possible, stretch your hands out and let's connect in faith. Father, we pause right now and we just, we just ask you, Lord, that which you've dropped into our heart for the shifts that you desire to make, that God, you would begin to move us into those realms, into those areas, to begin to see it, to begin to receive it, to begin to walk in it, to begin to live and to be what you want us to be. So Father, in agreement right now, Just a simple prayer, that Lord, everything that's been written on the faith goals, that is from you in alignment with your will, I pray that Lord will keep it before us, we'll continue to pray about it, continue to walk towards it, and Father, in the Spirit, we take hold of it and bring it down into the natural, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And amen. Wow, what a powerful day today in worship. Amen? Now, I hope you still have some energy to receive the word of God, right? I know it's late. I feel like it's already lunchtime. But uh, are you ready to get into the word? Hey, today uh, I am excited uh, to launch. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about God's anointing in your life. And how God wants you to grow it. How can you discover what that is? How can you guard it and protect it? And how can you walk in all the plans and purposes that the Lord has for you? A number of years ago, my wife and I, as you may know, were serving as missionaries. We were in Europe. We were there almost 18 years. The last 12 years, we were pastoring a church, and about every three years we would come back to America for about six weeks it was a time for us to visit family it was also a time for for us to raise our missionary support that would enable us to continue to do the missionary work that we were doing and so we came back our children were a little bit smaller then and we went to a friend's church it's a larger church up in central Florida and uh, it was actually outside of our tribe the Assemblies of God it was a, a an independent church and and we went just because we had some great friends that were there and uh, we checked the children into the children's department, uh, we checked uh, uh, our middle school son into the middle school junior high program, and then we went into the adult service. And man I just got to tell you, everything was just off the charts. It was like a wow. everywhere you turned around, it was wow say wow I mean, It was just wow, everything was a wow, worship was wow, the preaching was wow, the kids department was wow, the ushers were wow, the the, the parking lot team was like today, the parking lot team is like a big wow, you know on a rainy day, wow, I mean everywhere you turned it was wow, Pastor Nadine even had coffee and donuts, it was a wow. It was, it was a wow, you know, it was just, it was, everything was wow. And if you weren't here last week, you missed that joke. But it was just a, it was just a wow experience. We're walking out and we go and get our sons. And, and if you know my family, uh, I've got three boys and uh, my middle son, I won't say much, but my middle son, when I picked him up, we're walking to the car and he said, Dad, wow, that was his words, wow. And I said, what, Chris? And he said, Dad, that was so good. Can we come back next week? That was, now, my kids had grown up going to churches. We traveled around every week. We would be in two or three different churches when we were in America. I mean, they lived on the pews of the church. How many kind of, that was your life growing up, right? You just, you were always there. And we were, because we were missionaries traveling around, we were in a lot of churches. He had seen a lot of churches in a lot of places. And all he could say was, wow. Dad, can we come back next week? Now, he was looking through the lens of what he saw as a pastor. I was looking through the lens of what I saw and all I could say about that church was wow. And as I drove away, I said, you know, what's so phenomenal about that is the pastor had a little part of the wow experience, but there were hundreds and hundreds of those that were in the church that that day was creating a wow experience for anybody that was going to show up. And man, I drove away saying, "God, as I pastor and as I lead, help me to lead your people to create the wow experience for whoever comes, young or old, visitor or longtime attender. That there is a wow. Say it with me: a wow experience well today i want to talk about how you and i can partner with god in our anointing to create the wow look with me in acts we've been in acts acts chapter 20 is where i want to pick up from and i'll share a few other verses Paul is talking about these hardships that he's been going through and, and the burden on his heart and, and all that he's facing and, and going through and what's before him, the plot to kill him, prisons, uh, that, 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 that he knew that, that is, his uh, uh, you know, his adversaries were trying to, to, uh, uh, entrap him and arrest him or persecute him and, and the pressures that he was facing and all of that. And he says this in the middle of just talking about all of these things. He says, I consider my my life worth nothing to me. Now, we've kind of been singing about that today. And he says, I consider my life worth nothing if only I may what? Finish, underline it, the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task for Paul was to preach the gospel and to testify of the gospel of God's grace everywhere. I mean, what Paul was talking about is a total commitment to the work of Christ. Today, what I want to talk to us about in the next few moments is that you and I were made to serve. You and I were made to create the wow. You and I have an anointing and a gift and a a special grace from God. And you have a grace that's different than the one next to you or those that are around you. There is a grace, an anointing that God's put on you and in you. And he wants you to partner with him to create the wow of helping his people to grow in their grace as well. You see, the reality is life for you and I is like a race. That's what Paul is saying. It's like a race. But the problem is many in the spiritual journey of life, they never finish the task of what God has called them to do. Paul says, if only I can finish the race and complete the task. Now, I've been pastoring a long time, a long, long time, uh, and and and. Um, And unfortunately, I've seen many And they can seem spiritual, they can act spiritual, they can say all the right things But I've watched many through the years They get sidetracked, get distracted, maybe get disqualified Maybe get detoured in their life For one reason or another They do not walk in the anointing of what God has for them As a young Bible college student, I was working my way through Bible school and and I was actually working several different part-time jobs because I could piece them around my studies and and one of the jobs that I was I was in was uh, working in uh, an assistant living facility and and working with uh, with those that were there not all were elderly but many that that were elderly. And as I would go around, I would, I would talk with them and, and hear them and hear their heart and, and one thing that stuck out to me as a young, a Bible college student was over and over and over again, they would talk about their regrets in life, regrets with their family, regrets about putting their job first, reg- regrets about things that they pursue, pursued in life, and then it meant nothing. Regrets about saving and saving and preparing for the future, for a spouse to die and never be able to live that out. The regrets of not living and and, and being what really I was interpreting then as a young seminary student in a spiritual way, not living out their divine design of what God had. Always looking to the future, always pressing to something new, another demand that was on them. And I coined a phrase that's been a model of my life, and that is God, I wanna live with no regrets. I wanna live with no regrets. When I get to the end of my life, and I'm maybe at a place there where I can do no more, God, I wanna be able to look back and say, no regrets. There was no regrets in how I raised my children. There was no regrets in my walk and relationship with my wife. There was no regrets in the work and the ministry of what God had called me to do. There was no regrets in what I gave to you. No regrets in what I should have given and I didn't give. No regrets, God. I want to lay it all before you. Man, I'm telling you, my life has been driven as best I can to say, God, I want to live with no regrets. And that's what Paul is saying is my life is worth nothing to me. My life is for Christ. If Christ possesses my life, Paul says that is the most important thing of my life. Can I get an agreement? You see, the secret, the secret in your spiritual life Hear me now, this is probably the most important phrase I will say in the whole sermon Online audience, don't leave me yet This group's captivated, but let me tell you The most important secret in your spiritual life is to know God's will To understand God's will and to do everything you can to begin to move into the will of God and to be a vessel and a tool that can be used by God and to come to realize that life is not about you but there's a greater purpose and meaning for your life. It's not about your own personal fulfillment. It's not even about your career or your accomplishments or your peace in life. It's not even about your own happiness. At the end of the day, what matters most is did I serve my life and live my life with no regrets for the Kingdom of God, not that promotion not that leadership position. No, no, no. Not which college are my kids going to go to. No, no, no. Not about all the things that I can acquire. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is did I live my life for the purpose and the mission of Christ? Can I say like Paul, I consider my life worth nothing. If only I can finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given To me, can I just get an agreement for a moment? You know, I've got these keys here. And the uniqueness about keys is that every key, though they look very similar, every key fits perfectly into a specific lock. Every key slides in. It has a specific specific purpose of the door that it's going to open up. Now, because they look so similar, we put little things to help us identify what door that that's going to open a lot faster, especially when you got a lot of keys. And by the way, these might be the keys to the church, but you got to learn what are the keys of the kingdom of God. And one of the keys to the kingdom of God is recognizing your purpose and your mission in the Lord. Now, the powerful thing about this is that Each key uniquely fits. They may look alike, and there might be a key for uh, the office door. There might be a key. uh, These are Elizabeth's keys, so this is probably a key to the senior pastor's office. This is probably a key to the worship center. Uh, There's probably a car key here. There's a house key here. Every key might look alike, but it has a different purpose. A house key, a car key, a church key, an office key. They look alike, but they, they, they don't open the same doors. There's a special cut. For every one of them. Well, the thing that I learned a long time ago is that our ministry unto the Lord is learning to serve him and his body. And the reason is, is because God, and this is a blank in your outline, is God has gifted you and I to serve him. You have a gift, a unique gift, a grace, an anointing, and you are uniquely cut and made to fit a specific lock. He wants to release his grace and his anointing through you. That as you use that key, it begins to unlock doors. And on the other side of that door, you don't even realize what God has for you. And what he wants to do through you. And how it will benefit not only you and your children and your family around you. But the benefit that it's going to bring for all those where you begin to use that key. Now we call that in church... We call that your ministry. Say ministry. Now, ministry is the same word in the New Testament that talks about serving or servant. Diakonosis is the Greek word and that word literally can be translated deacon, ministry, service, servant. And at the end of the day, what that word represents is that one is partnering with God, and there's an anointing from God, and in that anointing, you become a servant of the Lord. You see, I'm not serving the board of this church, I'm serving the Lord. I'm serving you, but yes, as I serve you, ultimately, it's a service unto the Lord. I have partnered with him, and therefore, the gifts that he gives to me and the anointing that he wants to work through me as he works through me and through you, because I realize I'm created to serve. When that happens, God begins to unleash something. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 12 we're going to just kind of spring in there's a lot in chapter 12 by the way that you may want to look at but here he begins to help us to understand that we're gifted for service ministry we're gifted by God we're called by God created by God to serve and Paul would say to the church of Corinth and the reason he's writing this by the way is because they were elevating some gifts over other gifts. If you had this gift, you would be perceived as more important than somebody else. And so Paul is responding to the error of what they're practicing. And he says there are different, underline that, different kinds of what? Gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Third time, there are different kinds of working, but the same God works in them all. Now, if I could take a moment just to teach you here, when you're saved, when you give your life to Christ, when you choose to be a Christ follower and you become a believer... As you begin to walk with God In the moment that you give your life to Christ There is a brand new purpose For living that God begins to deposit into you A life purpose And this is a great truth That you begin to understand I wish that as a young man I would have discovered it and understood it That, that there is deposited in me a, An anointing, a grace a, 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 An ability to serve God and to walk with him and to be used by him. And that and, and that he begins then to grow that gift. And he wants me to begin to exercise that gift and by releasing that gift in ministry to the body of Christ. And when you do, you are fulfilling your life purpose. Paul says, my desire is to complete the task and to do what he's called me to do. And so at the moment of salvation, there is a deposit that comes within you. That's why Paul says in Ephesians chapter four that gifts have been given and they're given so that we can build one another up in the body of Christ. So a lesson that you've got to learn is that when you begin to use your gift, let me say it another way. The, The release of your gift is meant to be released in the body of Christ. You see your ministry, hear me, Your ministry is to the body. Your mission is a mission to a lost and to a dying world. So as messengers of hope, we'll take our message of salvation to the world. But your ministry, our spiritual gifts that are released within the body so that the body can be built up and that we can all grow in our faith is what Ephesians 4 would say. So the question is, will I accept this mission Will I realize that I have this gift? And boy, the Bible talks a lot about spiritual gifts. I mean, there's there's over 20 and there and it's probably not uh, in the Lord. In, in my opinion, it's not an exhaustive lift from the Lord, but it's many different examples. And we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. Not only will God use my spiritual gifts, though, but he begins to use my natural abilities and they work together. All of us, everyone has natural abilities. And when you become a follower of Christ, you receive spiritual gifts as well. You were born physically with a lot of gifts, natural gifts. Some of you are creative. Now, let's kind of be interactive. How many are creative? Kind of wave at me. You're creative. Wow, that's a lot of creatives. That's great. A lot of creatives. How many are musical? You're musical. I love music, but I'm not musical. <laughs> Musical. Andrew one day said, hey, Dad, will you move over a little bit in worship service? (laughs) I said, why? He said, you sing off key and you're messing me up. (laughs) Just move on over a little bit. Musical. Some of you are detailed oriented. How many detail oriented people? Wow, that's good. Organized. How many people are organized? That's good. I mean, you walk into your office, it's clean, right? How many... Okay, here's one. How many make your bed in the morning before you go to... Wow, that's really good. That's really, really good. Vince, did you raise your hand? Wow, I noticed Nadine didn't raise her hand, but you raised your hand. (laughs) I just called her out. I'm going to get in trouble later. Okay. You know, how many are good with your hands? You can fix anything. You can repair. You know, you're, you're good with your hands. Handiwork, carpentry, fix things, you know. And now with Google and YouTube, I mean, it's just like, you can get anything done. How many, wave at me. I mean, that's not me either. I'm, I'm on speed dial with the plumber and, you know. The other day, Brother Sedley laughed at me. My garbage disposal, I'm giving up some, uh, some secret here, how... Uh, how ignorant I am. My garbage disposal wasn't working. And so I called the plumber over. He walked in my house. He asked what was wrong. I told him what was wrong. I think he even went to our church. I don't like this. <laughs> and he walked in, and uh, I said, garbage disposal's not working. Sink's backing up. This literally happened just, just recently. And uh, he, he, he looks down underneath the sink. Bence, do you know what he did? There's a little button on the bottom. <laughs> and he pushes that little button and then he hits the garbage disposal and that thing worked. I mean, that was like, He said, that'll be $85, please. I was like, don't you go to my church? Come on, man so I was telling the guys in the boardroom, guys, you won't believe what happened this morning. And like everyone in the boardroom said, did you push the little reset button? <laughs> no, I didn't push the reset button, you know. You know, you're good at, uh, you know, your hands. How many you are real caring? You're You got a lot of empathy, man. You're just empathy. Oh, man, you guys are awesome. I love you. You got so much. I need you. So much empathy. How many... Okay, now you're gonna feel like, we've been bragging on other things, so don't, don't feel like this is degrading, but how many of you like, you're just like really smart. you like, you know it all, you're intelligent, you're, you know, you know, now I know I just said it in a slandatory way, but you know, you're, you're like intelligent, you're, you get numbers, you look at things, you're smart. Hugh. You, I don't see your hand, you know, you're like really smart. Oh, you guys are so much false humility in this room right now, you know. Well, God has given you physical abilities, natural abilities, they, they, they're, they're, they're innate. You, you really don't even need God to use those, honestly. I mean, that plumber didn't pray when he walked in my house to figure out what was wrong with my garbage disposal. He just knew what was wrong. He knew it. He had learned it. Your physical abilities, to be honest, you really don't need God because you're naturally talented in those areas but when you get saved you become a Christ follower you get spiritual abilities that link with your natural abilities now your spiritual ability let me just tell you you can't do it without god i function in spiritual gifts not natural gifts and that's why my stomach turns every sunday morning that's why i slip in and out my stomach is just like oh, oh, oh. i'm about and everybody looks at me and goes no way yes way I mean, it's not a natural gift. I wouldn't do this if it wasn't a call. It's a spiritual gift that I've learned to develop. I had a stuttering problem up until third grade where I would go to speech class and you still hear it every now and then. When I try to say certain words, my tongue starts twisting and guess what? It doesn't make me feel bad and you can laugh and I'm okay. My ego is okay. My insecurity, because I know that I am redeemed by the grace of God and I'm standing (laughs) I'm standing today to do what I do because of God's grace working through me. It's a spiritual gift. And just because it's a spiritual gift doesn't mean it's easy. You still got to develop it. You still got to grow it. You still got to work it. And I can't blame God when I don't you know, do what I should have done to be used in that gift by God, but it's a spiritual gift that God begins to use. Now, everyone, turn to somebody and say, that means you. Everyone is given a spiritual gift the moment that you are saved. God gives them sovereignly. That means that he chooses which gifts you're going to get. I mean, if it was my choice, I'm telling you, Pastor Nadine, Pastor Charles, I don't know where you're at, but if it was my gift, Lord, I wanna be a music pastor. I mean, that's a cool deal. I mean, they get to sing the same songs over and over again, nobody says nothing. I mean, I mean, every six weeks there's the same song coming back. That's cool, Nadine. If I preach the same sermon I preached five years ago, well, what's happening to pastor? he's not getting fresh revelation I mean no I'm joking Charles where are you at I love you my friend I I know it takes a lot more than that that's how easy it looks to me tells you how much I know but but I don't get to choose, and you don't get to choose. It's sovereign by God. God determines by His grace, and I don't earn it. He chooses the gifts because He knows, like a puzzle, how it's going to fit together. So the second thought I would leave you with today is God, God's gifts show me then the plan for my life. God's gifts, help me, I don't know if my screens are working, but God's gift... Shows God's plan for my life. If I go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, let me read it again. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. And I hope you underlined the word different all three times. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of working, but the same God works in them all. That key word there is different, three times, different kinds of gifts, service, and working. And the beautiful thing is that every gift that comes from God is a unique gift that he puts together and it works together. We can therefore, we can't act like or try to become like somebody else in their gift mix because their gift mix is different. The reality My assistant, Elizabeth here, her gift mix is going to be different than Nadine's gift mix and others. And what I've come to learn is that when we're married then, there's a couple gift mix that begins to come together. And that's going to be unique. We can have very similar spiritual gifts or natural gifts, but we're not a carbon copy of one another. And so my natural gifts with my spiritual gift, how my experiences have worked through my gifts, what I've walked through, the things that have happened, good, bad, and ugly, all make it a part of the anointing that's released in me and released in you. You see, Pastor Sean has not been a missionary in Europe for 18 years. Pastor Sean didn't go into a former communistic-controlled country with a three-year-old child. Taking that three-year-old away from grandparents. Walking into you know, literally, you know, the machine guns and everything as you're walking in. You knew you were going into a former communistic-controlled country. Pastor Sean hadn't had that experience. And therefore, when God starts using me in certain arenas, in certain ways, it's a grace that's on me because of the experiences that I've had. And neither have I walked Sean's experiences. Neither have I gone into the places and experienced the things and encountered God the way he has. And his passions and burdens are different than my passions and burdens. And that's how God makes this unique puzzle that fits together and I may not feel what he feels to the extent that he feels it. He may not feel what I feel to the extent of what I feel. And that doesn't make him or I right or wrong. It's the puzzle that comes together. And therefore, I realize that God uses all of this. And by the way, that's what explains why Christians see things so differently. Have you ever noticed that? Same church, see things completely different. Man, they disagree about a lot. Of, why? is giftedness, passions, burdens, experiences. I mean, things that have happened in your past that now has given you a burden for something that you really are passionate about. And God has put that in you for a purpose of what he wants to do in and through you and others that will come around you as well that feel the same thing that you feel. Powerful, powerful to begin to realize that. And that's where Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, we, we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. So I've been created, you've been created to do good works. We were created for ministry. And the problem is many in church... They don't know that. Many come and they think it's just about me getting to know God and, and, and working on my walk with God. And as a part of their desire to get to know God, they begin to sing songs. I think it was John Wesley that said, we don't tell lies, we sing lies. Because we start to sing these things, and then we start praying and we're saying, God, I, I want you to use me. I surrender all. I give it to you. Did you sing that today? Did you sing yes to God today? Boy, this is gonna be an easy ending today. You sang it, you you said it, but the reality is we don't realize what we're saying or really, what God really wants to do. You see, your relationship with God is not all that he's concerned about. See, God wants you to love him, but when you say, God, I want to serve you, you're saying, God, I want you to use me. Serving God is not growing in God's character or in the wisdom of God. No, serving God is being used by God, and you can only serve God by serving God's people with the gifts that God has given you. It's powerful. Paul says it this way, To young Timothy. Timothy was a young preacher, was leading a church. 2 Timothy 1, 9. It is he who saved us. It is he who chose us. For what? For his holy work, Not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began. Matthew 20, verse 28. Jesus himself said it this way. Just as the son of man came to... Uh, Just as the Son of Man came, he did not come to be served, but he came to serve. So when we say, I want to imitate Christ, and as a Christian, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a miniature representation of the life of Christ. Then I'm saying, God, it's not about how I'm going to be served, but it's I want to serve you. It's been said that you know you have a servant's heart when you get treated like a servant. And it doesn't bother you. Because then we were saying, God, it's all about you. Jesus is saying that when he came, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. The reality is that serving is not an option. A non-serving, ministering believer is not obeying God a non-serving believer is a contradiction to what God said I've created and the reason I've saved you and the reason I've given you my spirit and I've empowered you and therefore I'm trying to activate the gifts that God has put within you. If, let me just lighten it up for a moment, if we were to look at spiritual gifts and how they were represented within a family, let's say we were having Thanksgiving dinner and somebody uh, drops the dessert on the floor. I remember one year at Thanksgiving we had invited a bunch of people over. My family did for Thanksgiving, and my dad was a chef in the military, so it was always a big spread. And uh, and uh, this 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 lady uh, that was invited leaned as she was going to stand up on the table, and it was one of those fold-up tables. But that table had all of the food on it, <laughs> and the table collapsed and all the food fell to the floor, man. And now we're conflicted. The dogs loved it. We're figuring out what are we gonna do. Well, let's say someone drops their dessert on the floor at the dinner table. And this is what different people within the family that have different gifts would say, depending on their giftedness. The person with the gift of mercy would say, don't feel bad, it could happen to anybody. The person with the gift of preaching would say, that's what happens when you're not careful. The person with the gift of serving would say, let me help you clean it up. The person with the gift of teaching would say, now the reason that it fell was because it was a little bit too heavy on one side. Their motivation is to explain. The person with exhortation says, next time, why don't we eat dessert with the meal? (laughs) The person with the gift of giving says, I'd be glad to give you my dessert or maybe to go and buy another one. And the person with the gift of administration would say, hey, Lynette, why don't you grab the mop and Kanata, why don't you go ahead and start picking up things? And, you know, they start administering. What's the point is we're all different. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're all different. Now, if we're not careful, we tend to focus on our gift, Our burden, our passion And we begin to think that our gift Burden and passion are the most important And we wonder what's wrong With everybody else because they don't Think or see what I see You ever felt that way? Well the church should They're usually speaking out of their giftedness Why doesn't the church? They're usually speaking out of their passions and the burden And the reality is sometimes You're absolutely right But the problem is You're a part of the solution not just identifying the problem. Some people think that their gift is the most important. Now, I'm not picking on any, but if you have the gift of intercession, I mean, you think that we should be praying all night prayers every Friday night. Every Friday night. I mean, this last all night prayer, I said to Pastor Candy, I said, whoa, whoa. whoa." (laughs) I went really soft here. (laughs) Really, really soft. Nadine kind of looking at me like, you did what? I said, honey, what do you think if we start at 9 and uh, end at (laughs) 1? What? That's not all night prayer. I said, well, we're going to kind of wipe everybody out the next day. What do you think, you know? And, uh, you know, she, 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 yeah, you know. (laughs) If I have the gift of evangelism, my question is, why isn't everybody out winning souls? Now, that's a teaching for next week that is also very illuminating, right? Because we should be praying, but there is a gift of intercession. We all are called on a message of hope, to be messengers of hope, and to take that message of hope everywhere to everyone. That is our mission. So we need to be sharing our faith, but not everybody has the gift of evangelism or the evangelistic gift that, man, there's an anointing on them and a passion that drives them. Man, if you love worship, wow, man, man, we could have gone two hours today. Man, why did pastor get up there and start preaching, right? If you have the gift of preaching and teaching, you're like, all right, let's go. Let's get to the word. Let's go. Because, okay, I got to get into my gift. Let's go, you know. The gift of teaching and preaching, right? If it's serving, man, we got to be out serving. We got to go to the homeless centers. We got to go uh, out into the community. We got to go clean up, paint, do everything. We have the gift of serving. Like out into, in the community. If you're the gift of care, man, why doesn't the church care for people more and do this and do that? And why don't they take all their money and just put it towards caring for, you know, all the, the needs that are within our community? You see what I'm saying is they're all gifts. Are you Are you getting me here? And they're a part of your life purpose, and they're all important. And our goal as a pastor is is to help us to to, to live out in a healthy way the purposes of God and experience God in so many different aspects of what it means to walk in His will. So the last two things I share, Pastor Charles' team, come on back up here, is your gifts show God's plan, but now when you begin to serve, you're looking for two things when you begin to get into ministry, there's two things that you're looking for. The first is you're looking for fulfillment in your life. And this is huge. Your gifts are a source of fulfillment in your life. What does that mean? Is that when you're serving God and you're being used by God in your gift, there is such a fulfillment in your heart that when you walk away, you know that you know that you did what God's asked, and there's a fulfillment of saying, God, I served you today by serving your body. In 1 Corinthians 12:27, in 1 Corinthians 12:27, Paul says, same chapter, we've been looking at all of you all of you all of us form one body in Christ but each one is a underline it separate and necessary part of it you see what he's saying is you're a separate part and you're a necessary part i love one translation it says that you're an indispensable part Of what God is doing, which means you're needed, you're important, your role is needed within the body of Christ. Every one of us is a separate and necessary part. And if I'm not using my gift and you're not using your gift, then the reality is others are not being blessed by the gift and the grace and the anointing that's in you. And therefore, others are being cheated because we're not releasing to the body the gifts that God has given to the body of Christ. You see, if you don't use your gift, if you just sit on the pews and 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 you just go week after week to a service and you're not serving the Lord by serving his body, then not everybody can grow to fulfillment in the body of Christ and in the development and the, and the in the maturity Paul uses the maturity that God wants all to grow in. Why is because you've got a divine, unique contribution without you. The picture isn't complete. The, the jigsaw puzzle is missing pieces when you don't step up. Every one of us, God has a purpose. In a place So this area of fulfillment Is is an area where you go I know that I'm in the gifts I know that I'm in my anointing I know I'm doing what God has called me to do And I, I have this passion And when I begin using my gifts For the kingdom of God It's like wind in the sails of your life That passion moves you Man there's nothing greater Than knowing That you're serving God There's nothing greater You want your spiritual life to go to a whole other level? Begin to serve the Lord. It's one of the greatest thrills in all of life. In fact, I would go this far to say, if you're bored in your spiritual walk, it could be an indication you're not serving in your gift. You may be serving, but the question is, are you in your gift? Why? It's because serving God brings great Fulfillment. So you're looking for fulfillment, but secondly, you're looking for fruitfulness through your life and ministry. Your gifts produce fruitfulness. What does that mean, fruitfulness? That's fruit that remains. Look here what Jesus says in John chapter 15. This is how my father's glorified. In you becoming fruitful and productive and by being my disciples. In verse 11, I told you this so that you can share my joy and that your joy may be complete. Now, what's interesting about this word joy is that joy really indicates it's the same word that your joy is your gift. It's the same word in the Greek. And therefore, when you're when you're walking in your your, your gift, when you're using your, your, your anointing and it's being released in the grace of God through you, there's a, a fulfillment and there's a joy as that gift's being released, but then it begins to bring much fruit for the kingdom of God. What would I say to you today? The body of Christ needs your ministry. I wanna share with you a couple testimonies. If you will, look on the screen of how God is using some in our church Because they've learned to see that they are made to serve. Look on the screen. Wasn't that good? I want to finish with a couple of scriptures. I'd like for you to take out the card if you're in person that you got as you came in today. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. Paul says to young Timothy again in 1 Timothy 4, 14. Don't neglect... The spiritual gift that is in you. Will you read that with me? Don't neglect the spiritual gift that is in you. If you're a note taker, I'd encourage you to underline the word neglect. Don't neglect. Activate it. Begin to move into it. Begin to allow God to use you. God's gifted you and it's for his glory. For some, maybe you didn't know. For others, maybe life has been busy. For some, maybe you've thought, oh, the church is so big, they don't need me. For others, it's just maybe been something you haven't thought about. For many, it was because of the pandemic and it threw you off. But whatever the reason, Paul would say, don't neglect. You see, your spiritual gift can only be used to serve God when it's used in the body of Christ to serve one another. So Paul would say, don't neglect the spiritual gift that's in you. He would also say to Timothy, he would say to Timothy back in chapter 1, verse 6, fan into flame the gift that is in you, fan it into flame, keep it alive. Strengthen it, deepen it, increase it, cultivate it, release it, allow God to use it, fan it into flame. I love it. That's not condemning, it's just challenging. Don't neglect it, fan into flame. Realize that God has gifted you, it's the life purpose that He has for you. And as you begin to serve, it'll bring you fulfillment. But it will also bring fruitfulness for the kingdom of the Lord. As you take this card in your hand, I want to encourage you right now. In fact, I love what we heard in our, in our video there. I mean, in the video, Rick said, the Holy Spirit working through you. I, I love serving in S.O.D. because the Holy Spirit is working through you. And I, Man, that's guys, that's what it's all about. It's the greatest joy and fulfillment of knowing that the Holy Spirit is working through you. That we're not just living this life for what we can get and desire and want. But God, we're living for you. And we're called to build one another up. And we build one another up as we serve one another. And in Osmondo, if you've never met Osmondo, he's on our board. And Osmondo said, I knew the purpose of my life was to serve God. By serving others. The purpose of my life, he said, is is to serve God by serving one another and, and, and allowing God to tell me and to tell you, he said, where he wants you to serve. He said the secret of living is giving. Not just material things. That's where we usually go. No, the greatest gift you can give is the gift of yourself as you step into the call that God has and you're a part of the life change. So the ask today is if you're not serving in a ministry with us at Christian Life Center. If you're not involved in a ministry, would you take a step with us today? It's kind of like the first time you, you go to the high dive of, a, of, a, of a, you know, a big swimming pool. If you've ever climbed up and you get on that high dive, man, it's scary. But when you jump, <laughs> there comes excitement. Sometimes you belly flop. But you don't stop swimming. No, you get out and you try it again. Today, my encouragement for you is take that step. It's a big jump. It's a big step. But when you do, God begins to work through you. So what we've done is we've made it easy for you. On the card, there's two sides. On one side of the card, and if you're online, you'll see all of the QR codes there. And you can follow with me online or go to our website, clcftl.org, I serve. But on one side is a QR code that if you would like to try to understand more about your spiritual gift, we have an assessment that will help you. An assessment that you can take and at the end, it'll try to help you to identify what are some of your spiritual gifts and then from those gifts, it'll help you to identify where you can start serving. So if you want to start with the assessment, you can start with that side of the QR code. On the other side though, are all of our different campuses. We're at the Fort Lauderdale campus, so you would probably have to cover up the others. And at the Fort Lauderdale campus, you hit that QR code and it'll take you to our serving page. All on that serving page are all the different areas of ministry. And as you look at it, begin praying and say, Lord, where would you want to use me? How would you want to use me? What area do you want to use me in? and let the Lord begin to speak to you. My hope and prayer today is that you'll fan into flame, that you won't neglect, that you'll reactivate, and that today you'll join us to make the impact that God has called us to make. So today, I challenge you to realize that you have been made to serve. Lord, as we take these cards in our hand, as we make a commitment right now I pray that you will guide us, you'll lead us. I pray for each and every one that's here today, that, Father, it's not in condemnation, but it's encouragement. It's, it's Paul talking to young Timothy, saying, don't neglect. It's Paul saying, fan into flame. It's Jesus saying, I didn't come just to be served, just to be ministered to, but I came to minister, to serve. And Lord, we wanna be like you, and today, In our family, Christian Life Center, I pray that we have heard how each and every one of us is a necessary part, an indispensable part, a separate and indispensable necessary part. Different gifts, different service, different workings, different ways it will serve you. But when we do, it enables us to be the church that you've called us to be. That we all can grow in maturity to become and to do what you've commissioned for us. I end, Father, with your scripture that Paul said, my desire and my task is to complete the mission that you've given to me. Today, I pray that we'll link together in that mission for the glory of God. Amen and amen an amen. You've got the QR code. You don't necessarily have to do it right this moment but I encourage you, don't let the gay go by. Don't forget. Take time. Get connected. What will happen is when you check that area of ministry, that department leader and pastor will reach out to you and show you which steps that you can take to be involved. Let's stand together. We're going to have a closing prayer before we end.